can't skip steps in the process. So you have to get better every single day. Today on the Rising Coaches Podcast, we get the pleasure of speaking with the current assistant coach at the University of Idaho, Coach Matt Jones. Coach Jones is a five-year member of the Rising Coaches organization, Trinity University alumni, and has various coaching stops in roles such as a grad assistant and Dobo at Seattle University, which ultimately led him into his current position at Idaho. Please welcome Coach Matt Jones. Prepare your team for success this season with our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball the official number one selling shooting machine in basketball. If you're looking to transform and focus your team's training efforts, all you have to do is mention Rising Coaches or tell them we sent you with the Rising Coaches podcast. For an additional $300 off, select Dr. Dish shooting machines. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Rising Coaches podcast. And on top of that, a member spotlight. So I'm your host, Doug Caputo, alongside Alan Major, and today the main person we're focused on is my man, Matt Jones, the current assistant coach at the University of Idaho. Matt Jones, what's going on? Doug, thanks for having me. Alan, thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to join you guys today. Um, been a member of Rising Coaches for five years, so super stoked to be on the, the member spotlight with you guys. Um, it's done a lot for me. Um, and helping me network and grow um, as a young basketball coach. And, you know, I'm just excited to kind of talk to you guys and share my story. Yeah, we appreciate having you, man. I know it's busy and uh, it's funny. We were just talking. You played my played my Pacific Tigers last night. So I know you guys got a lot going on. So uh, but now thank you for being on, man. Obviously, uh, truly appreciate your 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 loyalty and membership. But um, yeah, excited to chop it up with you, brother. So thank you. Absolutely. So to give you an idea, um, I know I kind of mentioned before, but we're going to talk about your journey, your coaching experiences, kind of what got you to where you are now at Idaho. Uh, and then obviously talk a little bit about just you being with Rising Coaches, how that's helped benefit you. And I will say before we even get into anything, I mean, the the way we got onto this podcast was because of this organization and not even to necessarily use it as a marketing tool, but um, me and you have been chopping it up on Zoom calls and in conversations for a little while now. So it's always good to hear your story again, you know, again, but be able to share with everybody else. So your journey though, start things off. I know you had a four-year career at Trinity and I'll do that. I always tell everybody, I'll do the bragging for you. You held the single season record for assists and I had to, I had to Jonesy, I had to look up some of your, uh, old film on synergy so of course <laughs> i did exactly that because i'm like i got i gotta know what i'm talking about a little bit so but that being said talk about your playing career at trinity some takeaways maybe that you learned that still help you to this day yeah absolutely so i had a an awesome experience at trinity university that's a division three school in san antonio texas played for a historic division three basketball coach and pat cunningham um, he was the NABC president for a long time. He had like 600, 700 wins in his career. Just an awesome, awesome coach to play for um, and had a great assistant coach, Ross Burt, um, and really enjoyed my four years there. When I went to Trinity, they were the three-time conference defending champions, um, were expected to be really good when I came in as a freshman, and we struggled. Um, we ended up on 5-20, and 20, and it allowed me the opportunity to play a lot as a freshman, which um, I think I took for granted early on in my career. 
that, you know, that's not usual. A lot of freshmen don't get to play that much. You know, that was a great experience for me. And then throughout my career, my favorite part of being a part of that program was watching us get better and better and better every year. So we started kind of at the bottom five and 20. Next year, we won 10 games, then we won 12, then we won 16. Right. And so it was really cool to see us build as a group. And that's something that I've taken with me everywhere I've been ever since that, you know, it's a process, right? And we talk about that all the time here at Idaho in year one, right? It's a process and you can't skip steps in the process. So you have to get better every single day. Um, And that's something that I was learning and going through in college as a basketball player. And I didn't even realize it. Now, (laughs) years later as a, as a college coach, I'm, I'm living it at, from the coaching side and it's a, it's, you know, a full circle moment in a lot of ways. And I'm happy you say that too, because nowadays people would just be like, Oh, you know, we had a bad season and eh, let's hit the portal and see what we can get into next. But you showed your commitment. I mean, you learned a life lesson out of it and, and it went full circle. No, and it was, it was great. A uh, lot of, a lot of really good friends from my years at Trinity and uh, the division three experience. I wouldn't trade for anything. You know, I, lot of people at times think a certain way about division three and I loved it it gave me the opportunity to continue to play basketball at a really high level we had you know multiple pros in the league that I was playing in the uh, player of the year my senior year grad transferred to Liberty and started and played 30 minutes a game on an NCAA tournament team at the division one level the next year so there's some high level division three players and it oh, yeah. gave me a great opportunity to play and to go to a great academic institution as well. It's funny. We were literally just talking about that this morning with a, a previous podcast. And yeah, obviously Doug's at the D3 level now. And my first head coach or assistant coaching job was at Division Three, And I, I loved it, man. I, I We were just talking about it this morning. Just, um, you know, you are literally thrown into everything, especially on the coaching side of it. Um, you're doing everything, um, you know, and you just develop an appreciation for the purity because there's not a lot of perks, right? Yep. And sometimes purity can bury, you know, or perks can bury purity. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you lose the the sense of what it's like. And, Absolutely. and um, I, I, I'm forever grateful and thankful for uh, starting off at the D3 level because that line is not even razor thin. Like it's, and we're in a day and age now, it's damn near invisible because guys, guys can play anywhere. How they ended up there, different circumstances is what it is. But if you can hoop, you can hoop. 100%. If you're leading the team in single season uh, record for assists, you know, I mean, obviously you can hoop. You get you get a yeah, man. Get the it's ball moving a, around like that. Yeah. We've got a dime dropper on our hands, man. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, <laughs> sir. Pass first. Pass first. <laughs> I get my guys involved. So. <laughs> So one of the things I want to touch before we even get anywhere else with your um, next steps after Trinity, at mm-hmm. what point did you always know or at what point did you say, I want to get into coaching? Or was that just something that kind of like later on, you know, after you graduated, was that something growing up? Like, where did yeah. you kind of come to that realization? Yeah, I always knew that I really loved the game of basketball. I played a bunch of sports until I was a freshman in high school, and then I just started focusing on basketball. Um, and I really enjoyed it, and I loved it. And a lot of people, you know, everyone always says, like, oh, you're the coach on the floor, stuff like that. And then I got to college, and I was studying finance, and I thought that's what I wanted to do, that I wanted to 
go to Wall Street and work long hours, make a lot of money, do all that. And then my junior year, um, heading into my senior year, I got an internship with Spurs Sports and Entertainment, the uh, family company of the San Antonio Spurs. And I was interning in finance for them. And so every day over the summer, I went to the AT&T Center, swiped in, went down below the AT&T Center and sat in a cubicle. And Greg Popovich, the San Antonio Spurs, all their checks came across my desk. And so I was you know, basically just depositing their checks or paying their checks, working in the finance department. And I kind of realized like, it's cool, but I'd rather be over there with them. <laughs> right. I, I want to see what they're doing over there. I don't want to just yeah. read in the expense reports after the road trip or hearing the balls bounce in the gym during practice. Like I want to be there with them. And so that same summer I, uh, started coaching for the first time i was volunteering as an assistant coach um, with an aau team and so i ended up you know going to one or two practices a week helped coach in like six tournaments and i just found that like i really enjoyed it um, i really enjoyed getting to know the players the kids even the parents right like just the whole experience of coaching the relationships um the strategy all that just was really fun to me and it was so much better than sitting in a cubicle from nine to five. <laughs> so, um, basically, as soon as that summer ended, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and pursue this while I'm young, while I can. Let's just give it a shot and see what happens. And so that's kind of how I figured out that's what I wanted to do. Because I, I was actually having this conversation with one of my former players um, just yesterday. We were working out together, lifting and and. He mentioned, he goes, I was like, so how bad are you itching? He had another season and didn't want to come back. And I was like, how bad are you itching right now that you were out there? He goes, honestly, not really. And I'm like, well, that might change in a year or two, you know, because he loved it. He was always around it. He's still in the gym shooting around. But I'm just like, that might change in a year or two. And he goes, yeah, honestly, I think it might. So it, you, I feel like it, it hits everybody differently at different times. But you had, you obviously had a role where you're cashing checks for Greg Popovich and you're seeing that money come in. You're like, ah, shit, that might have to be mine someday. Oh. So, Wow. Yeah, that'd be nice. A lot of um, zeros. A lot of digits lot of right there, man. No, yeah. It was it was a really cool experience, right? Just working in the uh, accounting offense was was great. Um, I learned a lot of stuff about just how to work in an office and, you know, what the proper way to behave is, how to write an email, how to do things like that that are, are really valuable that you may not know as a college student. Um, yeah. And so I had a lot of people – teaching me how to conduct myself in the workplace and you know how to handle your business how to prioritize tasks like a bunch of things like that that a lot of college students don't necessarily think about and so internship was great for that and it showed me how much goes into making a basketball team operate right everybody just watches the spurs on the court but they don't understand all the hundreds of people behind the scenes that are helping make that happen. And so I think having that internship really gave me an appreciation for all the people that are helping, you know, that product that we see on the court at the end of the day and led me into understanding that no job is too small, right. For anybody and really helped me when I became a graduate assistant in my next step. Those are the magic words. We talk about it on every episode. I was waiting man. for it. I was waiting for it, Alan. <laughs> every episode, man. It's yeah. unreal. Like, 
everybody says it and it's i just love it because it's it's right on the money like um just to have that humility and that mindset that hey i'm gonna do however little this is or even if it's a minimal role but the the responsibilities are a lot you know typically that's kind of how we all start out like you know you um but i, I that's that's right a, that's line drive right up the middle for what we talk about on this pod all the time yeah i was waiting for it <laughs> hey it's important man this is about the rising coaches right you, you got to start somewhere and rise up the ladder so that's yeah awesome. and you know it's, it's funny matt we we kind of coined a, a, a dual kind of you know definition because we want to help individuals rise right and and climb and and get to that next step whatever that looks like but part of my motivation for doing this is I want to rise the profession too. Like I want to rise, help all coaches rise yep. in terms of just getting better, um, you know, at their craft. And yep. so, um, you know, if we can do those two things, help individuals rise and then help raise the game, then, you know, we feel like we're, we're, uh, you know, in a good place. 100%. So then following your Trinity playing career, so you go on, you move to a uh, Seattle University where you get a graduate assistant role or a GA role. Talk about that GA role and some things that maybe you learned from there with those experiences. Yeah, so I was very fortunate after my time at Trinity to right away um, have the opportunity to be a graduate assistant um, for the U Seattle University. Um, and it was an awesome experience. I think the biggest thing I learned was just, you know, the amount of work that goes into a college basketball program from everybody, right? Head coach, assistant coaches, director of ops, graduate assistants, student managers, the players, right? As a division three player, our seasons were so different than a division one players. So like that was the first eye-opening thing to me. I showed up you know, beginning of August and the players had already been there and they'd been working out all summer. And I was like, whoa, this is different. Like at the D3 level, we showed up the first day of school and we started working <laughs> out and, you know, everyone had been working out during the summer, but like you couldn't do anything official till our, October 15th um, when I was playing. And so that was, that was different. First off, right off the bat was the amount of work that the guys were putting in all the time. And it was, it was really cool to see and to be a part of. Right. And I think over the last five years at Seattle, you, that program's taken some great strides and it was really cool to kind of be there in the early stages and kind of see that program grow and develop. And I learned a lot from all the, all the guys I've worked for. Um, the head coach there right now, Chris Victor, um, has been an awesome mentor of mine throughout, throughout my first five years as a coach. And so I can't thank him enough, um, for, allowing me to learn from him every day because I was there with him all five years. And Sam Kirby was an assistant coach there who was really influential on me. Mike Odland was my first, uh, you know, the director of ops right above me. They kind of taught me how to, how to do that job. I really appreciate him. Just what it, what it took every day to come in and, and get the job done. Right. And there were highs and there were lows and there were long nights and there were, you know, early mornings, but it was all worth it to see the success that our guys had on the court and the success that a lot of them are having now, right? Like some of the first guys that I worked with at Seattle, U uh, have professional careers overseas right now and are 
having success and moving up. And, you know, that's, that's what it's all about is just being a part of their journey and, and helping them achieve their goals. You guys won a conference championship. We did. We did. Yeah. We won the first one since the, uh, the Elgin Baylor days. Wow. So, How about that? Yeah, it was, it was an awesome year. 23 and nine, um, got a share of the conference title with New Mexico state and Stephen F Austin, the number two seed in the conference tournament. It was a, it was a big time year. Man, when, when you go from a rebuild to a conference title, like there, there's no words for that, man. Like those are like, you know, talk about journeys. Like those are, <laughs> those are like the special, that's special stuff, man. When you're able to do that at one spot, like if any of us can do that one time, yeah. In our profession where we've been to go from a rebuild to walking up that ladder, man, like that's a that's an unbelievable feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It was an awesome, awesome season. Back to back 21 years there at Seattle U. Um, and they're they have another great team this year. And, you yeah. know, we, we saw it firsthand a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> really you know, I'm, I'm cheering for them every night. So those are my guys over there. Awesome. Not to mention a bad place to not a bad place to live either. That's a what a city. No, not a bad place at all. Oh my gosh. That's one of my favorites. That's a yeah, different pod for a different day there. We could do a whole pod on just hanging out in that that city. But um, but no, man, rebuild to ring. That's special. And then two years as a grad assistant, as we mentioned, you end up staying and kind of taking on another role, as you already mentioned, the uh, director of basketball or dobo position. So talk about that role. I know you were at a five-year stint there. Talk about the role being in the Dobo there. Uh, and then just maybe some, I guess, for people listening too, like some responsibilities that maybe that role had brought on. Yeah, so I was there for two years as a graduate assistant. And then after my second year, the director of basketball ops, Mike Godland, who I worked for for the two years, um, worked alongside. He decided to step away um, from the profession. And I was fortunate to get promoted right in, which was really awesome. I really appreciated that opportunity. It's funny because my first, well, let me start as, as a director of ops, you have different tasks depending on what the head coach wants, right? Every head coach wants their director of basketball ops to do, you know, a lot of the same tasks, but it might look a little different. So for me, I was in charge of everything surrounding travel, flights, buses, rental cars, um, all that stuff in charge of making sure that we're on budget, right? That we're not overspending or that we're spending right up to our budget. We had the opportunity and the budget to feed our guys after every practice. Um, so every day post-practice, we had a training table meal set up. So I was in charge of that. I was in charge of our day-to-day -day schedule, making sure that weights is on time. Everybody has their academic meetings, you know, our practice schedules not conflicting with the women's team, um, all that type of stuff. So I kind of got thrown into that role and I finally got hired like first, second week of November during the COVID season. So at that time, we didn't even have a schedule yet at that point because of all the chaos in college basketball. And then so fast forward three weeks later, we're heading off on a 10 day road trip for my first road trip as the director of basketball ops. We're busing to Portland then we're flying from Portland to Las Vegas then flying from Vegas to uh, LA to play UCLA, then busing down to Long Beach State, then flying back to Seattle. And so 
you want to talk about getting thrown into the fire. It was like, <laughs> right away. You know, <laughs> there you go. Let's see if you can do this or not, Matt. Are you made for it? And, and I'm not going to say by any means I was not perfect. I don't even know if I was good on that trip, but I survived it and I learned from it. And, you know, I think it just allowed me to, to see, you know, hey, I can do this. Like I, I, I am capable of doing this job. And from there, right, I just gained confidence every year in that role and was able to take on more and more responsibility, um, which was really awesome and really unique. And uh, Coach Chris Victor gave me more and more responsibility and allowed me to be more and more involved, which I, I really appreciate and allowed me to grow as a coach. You know, I was fortunate enough to get hired at Charlotte in 2010 and like mm. it was the first position I hired. Mm. Like that, that role. Like, and I know there's a, you know, bunch of rising coaches, either members or followers in that role. I'm telling you, like, if, if somebody fully just jumps into that and embraces that, like, it, it, like if, whenever the ops person is like sick for a day, you're like, what the hell's going on? Like, literally it gives you that feeling like that, that role to me is like the, that's the, that's the spoke in the, in the, or, you know, the. Mm -hmm. I guess in the wheel, like uh, not the spoke, but you know, yeah. the axle <laughs> uh, that holds the, the, all the wheels together. But like, it's an amazing, uh, it's an, it, that role is just to me crucial. So um, when somebody just fully embraces that and dives into it, I mean, they're basically like, you know, helping run the company uh, for the most part. Because sure. uh, everybody is like leaning into that person every single day. Yeah, I uh, I've seen some some uh, basketball staffs call it the chief of staff, and I think right. I think it's a, a pretty good you know comparison, right? Like you you really yeah. connect everybody, right? You no connect doubt players to the academics, a lot of the times to the athletic training, to the strength coach, assistant coaches to one another, right? You're a liaison across campus a lot of the times with facilities and you know different people like that, so it's a it was it was really awesome for me right early in my career to have that experience because now i've seen the inner workings of the program i know all that's behind the scenes stuff i know what it takes um i've seen it at the mid-major level and i think that has helped me understand you know and and you know help help me get to where i am and, and be able to take on the next challenge because i know what everyone else around the program is doing um, which is really cool. And then following, mm -hmm. we'll kind of go into the next step. Following, you go and take a leap from Seattle and you move to Idaho. First season as an assistant coach, I guess, talk about one, how you kind of went from Seattle to Idaho, but then maybe touch on a little bit of like your new roles and obviously some things that you've learned throughout this season so far as the yeah. new assistant. Absolutely. So I'm really excited to be here. I was very fortunate um, to be offered this job by our head coach, Alex Pribble. He and I worked together at Seattle U for four years. Um, he was the associate head coach there. And then in March, got the opportunity to be hired as the head coach by uh, Idaho and asked me to come with him. And for me, obviously, it was a huge opportunity. I think a lot of people get stuck sometimes in the director of basketball operations role. And it's really hard to make that jump from Dobo to assistant coach. And 
So to have the opportunity to do that, to have Coach Bribble be the first head coach to believe in me and bring me on as an assistant coach, can't thank him enough. And I really appreciate him giving me that opportunity. And it was it was great for me to make this move with a guy I knew and is a mentor of mine and that I really trust. And so couldn't be happier to have made this jump with him. And it's been a really fun, unique challenge to come in year one, right? The the first challenge was just flipping the roster, right? Yeah. That's right. And this day and, and, age, and then and then and then hoping everybody shows up the first team yeah. meeting. Right? <laughs> yeah, it happens. You know, it happens. It happens everywhere nowadays. It seems like, but um, yep. we got here and we were fortunate to retain three players um, and bring three guys back. But then we brought in twelve new guys, um, and so it took us, you know, seven weeks to seven eight weeks to to find the twelve we wanted to bring in. Um, and then once you get all the guys to commit, you know, that's just the first step. Now you got to get the training paperwork done and you got to make sure that they get admitted into school and that, you know, cross all your T's, dot all your I's. And so we had a great um, staff here at Idaho that, that got all that done. Um, we were super organized, our support staff, our athletic trainer, our academic advisor, all those people did a great job helping us so that, you know, every guy on our team, the first day that they could possibly start practicing or working out with us was cleared and ready to do so, um, which was a, a feat in and of itself. And so, you know, we got eight weeks together this summer to start building and start getting better um, and laying the foundation and, you know, here we are nine games in and it's it's crazy to think how far we've come, right? But it's it's been really fun working with Coach Pribble. Um, we got a great associate head coach, Brandon Laird, who's super experienced in the big sky. Um, so really fun learning from him every day. Coach David Dunham um, is an awesome mentor, not only for myself and the players, but everybody on campus. He's just a great guy. Adam Ellis, Another one of our assistant coaches really experienced and Nathan Krill, our GA, just making everything go. So um, it's been it's been really fun. Well, it's good to hear you guys stepped into a you stepped into a good situation and, and moving up and then kind of going off of that and talking about moving up. One thing that we kind of want to touch on is like the rising coaches part of things, as we mentioned. So obviously, I know you mentioned the beginning, but you've been a member for five years. Um, what are some ways? Has this helped you in the really just in the transition at all from going as a GA or I should say starting at Trinity all the way going up to Idaho? Um, has this helped you at all? And if so, what ways has this helped or benefited you over the years? Rising coaches, yeah, I should say. For sure. Great, great question, Doug. And, and I, I would say absolutely yes. I think the first way it helped me was rising coaches allowed me to connect with people that um, it's not always easy to. Right. A lot of the times as a uh, GA networking can be difficult. Right. Um, I always say like it's easy to network on the same level. So, right, like GAs network well together and then it's easy yep. to network down. So like, OK, I'm a GA. I can network with other GAs and I can network with managers. Now I'm the director of ops. I'm, I'm networking with other support staffs and GAs, but it's hard to network up. And I think rising coaches gives you 
and natural way to pick some of those people's brains, right? So when I was a GA, there were assistant coaches that were coming on and allowing us to ask questions and to talk to them and network with them. And then you could follow up with them and start building a relationship with some of these guys, which was really neat um, and is hard to do otherwise. And I think it also gave me ideas and different ways to look at things that, you know, I, I hadn't thought of. Because um, a lot of the times, you know, you get with the staff and your staff does it this way. And so it's, sometimes it's hard to like imagine or think of, whoa, that staff does it differently. And they're really successful too. Like maybe I should pick their brain or think about how they're doing things. And I think it's opened my mind to, there's a lot of different ways to, to do this and to build relationships with your players and recruit and run your program and, and all that stuff. Um, and so rising coaches has been great for that. And I think it's also just been really uh, helpful for me to meet people like you, Doug, that are in similar positions and just love basketball, love teaching the game, love the relationships with the players, right? Like finding like-minded people that we're working through this business together with um, is, is something that can't be understated, right? Like, those zoom calls during COVID, man, like <laughs> I was sitting in a, you know, 300 square foot apartment in Seattle. Yep. And really my only time to, to talk to people, you know, besides my girlfriend, who's been an unbelievable supporter of me throughout <laughs> this, right. Like was, was talking to you guys on zoom. Yep. Right? That, that was the only time I got to, to talk to people, talk hoops um, and find some normalcy um during those those difficult times so yeah no completely I, I know i mentioned and touched on a little bit in the beginning but we literally i was i was in a dorm room um as a grad assistant and like exactly like you small little cubicle where you're sitting and sleeping at night my bed's two feet away from me and yeah. next thing you know i'm like we're hopping on we have a whole group chat there was me him a couple other gas all of us there was actually a couple um head coaches as well and even there was actually even an assistant coach in the G League, uh, yeah. Ben Sanders, who was with the Chicago Bulls at the time. Yeah. So he uh, he would hop on. All of us would hop on occasionally. We had a weekly Zoom call. And then that Zoom call would just be absolute whatever we felt. We're like, hey, Mon it was Monday. We're like, hey, what should we talk about today? Let's talk about offensive tendencies. And then Wednesday we would have our Zoom call and just talk about it. So it's like – and that just gives people ideas too. Like I guess I'm kind of – that's the reason I'm saying this for other people out there. I know – People always talk on you see and like you just mentioned, Matt, um, you see all these coaches and they end up moving up. Um, well, you you got to catch them when they're grad assistants. And especially for us, we're kind of growing up together, you know, taking these next steps, taking these next roles. And then just I mean, hey, look at you now. Right. <laughs> You're over at Idaho, Idaho and, and and doing yeah. great. So it's definitely showing. No, I mean, I think uh, a lot of it is just right place, right time for me, you know, like I, yeah. people talk about luck a lot. And I, I don't want to say I've been lucky, but I think luck is when your preparation meets opportunity. And mm. so I, mm. I prepared for this role and I was ready for it. And then once I got the opportunity, you know, hopefully I can prove myself. Right. So um, I think that's something right to, to just always be prepared, always, you know, stay stay ready right everyone says stay ready so you don't have to get ready right stay ready always be talking to the people who may be you know at the next level that you want to reach right try to 
try to set yourself up so that you're doing that job before you're given that job. Right. That's how I felt as a GA all the time was like, man, I was doing the ops job right now. So when I get that ops job, I already know how to do it. I'm already ready. I'm there. Okay. Now I'm a director of ops. I'm going to act like I'm an assistant coach. So that when, when that opportunity comes, it's a no brainer. Hey, I just, Matt Jones is my guy. He's going to be my next assistant coach. He's already doing it. Now it's just given title. So, yeah, especially when the rules change. Yep, exactly. Huge, huge boost for the right you know, community. Yeah, I mean, guys oh, go from yeah. like literally behind the desk to being able to jump on the court. Awesome. Like that, that, that goes to exactly what you're saying. Like yes. if you're thinking that step ahead, yep. you know, all of a sudden some people sit down in the room and want to change rules. <laughs> and it's right. like, bang, there it is, yeah. you know. Yeah. Great opportunity for for young coaches out there. Super, super awesome that that we can be on the floor now and and that they've added those two spots to help. Um, I think it's going to help a lot. Like you were talking about earlier, Alan, with with raising the profession, right? Like it's going to give a lot of people opportunities to get that experience that they wouldn't be able to get for years otherwise. Um, which is just going to elevate the profession of basketball coaching and 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 help our players which at the end of the day is what we're all about. Yeah, that's, there you go. Like that's, that's why the light bulb, like why did it take so long, right? For that light bulb to like go ding. I mean, it's like, well, what do we, what's this all about? Cause like, if the fellows aren't in a great spot every day, like, what are we talking about? Like this, it's none of this makes any sense. So um, no, I, I was really glad when that happened. Um, because, uh, and again, most people did it from within, which was great. It was just changing titles and, adjusting you know some stuff internally um i think some places brought in some outside guys especially if they could afford to um but either way however people did it uh the most important thing is there's more guys now that are that are chipping in and helping dudes get better which is cool 100 percent. and then the final question i have in this regard would be matt jones assistant coach at idaho what is the next steps? Now, obviously, of course, you always want to keep moving up. And I and I, I don't want to take away the simple fact of obviously again, you wanna you wanna stay where your feet are at, but like in your mind, what are maybe some of the next goals that you have? You know, it comes back to what I talked about at the beginning, and our goals here at Idaho is to get better every day. Right. So for me, if I can continue to get better myself and help our staff get better and help our players get better every day that's going to open opportunities for everyone here, right? If we continue to win, if we, you know, have a a moment where we rebuild and get to a big sky championship and do that, doors are going to open for all of us. Our players will have opportunities to play professionally. Um, Coaches will have more opportunities, right? And it's just about getting better every day. And so for me, you know, my end goal, right? The dream is to be a college head coach one day. That's the dream right now. There's a lot of steps between right now and getting there. And I think that that step starts with getting better every day. Um, and so, you know, for me, that's, that's what I'm focused on. How do I get better here at Idaho today? And if I can continue to improve and not skip steps in the process, like we talked about, just, just be where my feet are planted right now. Um, Hopefully one day that dream can be fulfilled. Um, but until then, man, I'm going to keep investing in our players. And one of the cool things I think we did here was we, everyone in our program picks one word for the year. 
one word you're going to live by throughout the year. Um, like and that. for me, my word this year was relationships because I want to invest in my relationships with my players, re- invest in my relationships with our staff. And an area I can be better is invest in relationships with my friends in the coaches community, right? I haven't been good enough at that this year. And Doug, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> but, um, you know, just I, I'm, I'm pushing myself to be better about my relationships this year. And so I'm going to keep doing that and getting better there. And, you know, hopefully we can we can uh, keep climbing the mountain, man, here at Idaho. So no, that, I, love, to help. I love that approach, man. I mean, I uh, and somebody told me long ago and again, this is stone ages when I was you know, a young, young buck like you guys, but they said, you know, if we win, they come looking for everybody. Mm-hmm. And literally that's the way it works, right? Like, and the better we get as coaches, that's why it's great because our players, even when they don't know it, they're challenging us to improve mm-hmm. because if we, if, if we give them something, they climb that bar, you know, leap over that bar, whatever that developmental bar is, they kind of put the pressure back on us to give them the next thing. Yeah, 100%. Sometimes we got to go reach outside ourselves to get that next thing. Yep. So we got to go get better before they can get better. Absolutely. And Absolutely. then that that whole that little game of ping pong goes back and forth until hopefully <laughs> at some point, you know, we're all cutting down nets together. I mean, that's the yeah. way that's how it goes. So um, that's a that's a great perspective, man. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of a lot of people on this uh, that follow us that that are members like yourself um, that just need to be reminded of that, especially the relationship building piece, you know, just to continue. You know, you just never know that that one relationship that could change everything. So um, sure. that, that's something that we're definitely trying to promote. So I'm glad you brought that up. Absolutely. I think I think that's the most valuable piece for me with Rising Coaches has been the relationships I built with other rising coaches members um, by doing things like attending the events at the final four, the coaches convention, all that stuff. It's been really great. And then Al, I mean, do you have any final questions before we get to the final segment, final portion? No, man, I think he's ready for a family feud rising coaches style. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it's not necessarily uh time. Not quite. Yeah. Not quite. So you don't yeah. have to feel stressed. It's more or less about um, three quick questions or we call it the three quick hitters. So basically three, three questions, just kind of putting some more spotlight as to you. I, I always like to say humanizing you, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks all oh, these D one coaches or, or these, uh, you know, gigantic mo- or something different, you know, hard to, hard to be able to realize who they're, they're just natural humans, just like everybody else. Yeah. Um, so learn a little bit about who you are, but then also kind of putting a little more motivational and some basketball into it as well. But the first one is just, if you weren't a coach, what would you be doing? Oh, that's a good question. I think we kind of answered that a little Wall bit. Street, but Wall Street. Would, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably be uh, doing finance somewhere. Um, yeah. Honestly, hopefully, if I wasn't a coach, I'd be working in finance for a sports team somewhere right like back with the spurs working in their finance department doing something like that um so i think i think that would be where i'd be hopefully not another jordan belfort no no i wasn't wasn't that that into it but uh (laughs) 
Second one is what is something on the regular that just tends to motivate you? Yeah, I think I would say someone who motivates me regularly Perfect. is uh, my girlfriend. She holds me accountable, right? You're not, and you're not in trouble, are you, right now? No, I, <laughs> I, I'm not in trouble. Okay, so. good. I, I, yeah, yeah that, that, that's no. good. That means it's authentic. You're not just you're not means... trying to, you're not oh, trying to recover sure. some lost points. Okay, no, good. for sure. Good, good, Hopefully good. I get some brownie points. But Yeah, let's hope. Um, I'm sure you will. You know, I think she's someone who pushes me all the time, right? Like I'll come home from work and I'll be tired and she'll be like, Hey, you got your workout in today? No. Well, get up and go do it. And I'm like, you're right. I need to do that for myself. Like I'm a better coach. I'm a better person when I get my workout in. I'm better for everyone around me when I sleep, right? Yeah. When I, when I get up and I eat breakfast, when I cook a healthy dinner, right? All those things. And she's, a crucial part of, of making me a better man. And I think that makes me a better coach. So I'd say that, you know, her and, and our dog are, are my daily motivation. A lot of the time. Love it. Um, Cause you know, Hey, you got to walk the dog. You gotta get yeah, out. Right. You know, Sometimes they walk you, but it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like it, you know, however it works right out. That. So. <laughs> That's 6am wake up call when they're staring at you. Like you're going to take me oh, out yeah. yet or no? Yep. For sure. So. And then the final one, if you could leave a mark on the world, what would that mark be? That's a tough one. The mark I would want to leave is just helping all those around me be the best version of themselves. We talk about it all the time here at Idaho. We defined leadership as the ability to make those around you better. Mm -hmm. And I, I would hope that the mark I would leave is one of a leader and that's by lifting those around me and helping them become the best versions of themselves. That's who I want to be. That's why I coach. Right. And so mm -hmm. I think, you know, at the end of the day, if, if people say that that's who I am and that's what I'm about, I would be really happy. And then the final question we have to basically wrap all of it up is if you had one number one top piece of advice for young rising coaches, and then how can they accomplish that piece of advice to be able to grow in the, in the industry? Yeah, I think my number one piece of advice is don't be afraid and don't be afraid to put yourself out there, right? Sometimes it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to DM that coach, right? And, and just try to connect. It's uncomfortable to introduce yourself. I struggle with it, right? Like at some of these conventions and these conferences, even on the road recruiting, like you see another coach that you're aware of, you've watched them rise in the profession. And it's, it's awkward sometimes to take that step and introduce yourself. And, yep. but I think it's so important, right? Like to put yourself out there um, and, and you'll be better for it. Right. It's kind of that elevator pitch, like, you know, hi, Alan, I'm Matt Jones. Um, I'm a basketball coach. I, I really enjoyed listening to you on Rising Coaches, whatever it is, right? But just put yourself out there, take the leap, and you never know what it'll turn into. Never right? know. About that's earlier. It. it just takes one. Yes, sir. It just takes, it just one takes that's it. Yeah. Jonesy, yeah. dropping the gold nuggets to wrap her up. My God. No, that's it, man. Yeah. Because here's the thing it's going to, it's, 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 you can feel awkward now, or you're going to feel awkward later. Yeah. So you kind of got to pick one, you know? And <laughs> so, it's like, why not get it out there? And even if nothing comes of it, 
I always say the worst case scenario is you develop a new and genuine relationship. And we can yeah. sometimes get caught up in our profession that, oh, I'm going to build re a relationship with this coach or person because they can do this for me. As opposed to like, you know what, this is, I want to make, I want to build this relationship, make a new connection. Something may come out of it, maybe, but you don't know. Um, but just the authenticity of like putting yourself out there. Um, and just like you said, I mean, Doug and I are both a part of this because of relationships, literally. I mean, our, our CEO, yep. you know, Rich Jaslowski, I mean, we, he and I met at a leadership conference back in 2016. And we had been in touch maybe, I don't know, a handful of times between then and him making the call, you know, for me to, to be a part of this. And so it's just crazy. Um, and But I love the, the way you said that and how and, and that you said it, um, because the more we get closer to the end of the season, <laughs> you know, this this that's going to come up more and more when when it comes musical chairs time, you know, in March and April. So, um, you know, that 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 kind of courage never fails. Yep. One hundred percent. And it's hard. It's hard. It is hard. It's easy. It's yeah. Difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's just having one relationship. I shoot a text. The next thing you know, I'm standing here. I meet Alan and now Alan can't get away from me. I'm, I'm calling him at, a, <laughs> no, calling him, man, texting got him at 11 o'clock at night. I got freaking <laughs> restraining orders on this guy. I mean, like, he's, a, he's a freaking cockroach, man. Can't get rid of him. Uh, no, I, I'm not kidding. Not. The other day I shot him a text at 11 o'clock. I'm like, I got a question for you. And he goes, sorry, I fell asleep. I'm like, yeah, I probably could have waited till the next morning, but you know, you know how it is. Uh, I had the early yoga class, man. I had I had a five thirty wake go. up, man. So I had to I had to, I had to <laughs> shut it. I had to I had to close the shutters early that night. But but no, we go back and forth, if not every day, every other day, just about something. But you know, That's again, bad. just 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 getting to know this dude. Like he's a he's a real dude. You know, he he loves the game, cares about our profession deeply, yeah. um, and so this is kind of a way for us in a small tiny way of of hopefully giving back a little bit and helping the profession you know grow a little uh, a, a notch but um yes, sir. but now man you you you've been great today man thank you so much again i yeah, know it's you. crazy and busy but um appreciate you jumping on brother no absolutely doug thanks for the invite alan thanks for having me on um, you got it always i love listening to these so it's going to be a little weird hearing myself <laughs> always hit hearing my own voice hey no. listen Fast forward when when yours gets dropped. Fast forward the next time you and your girlfriend maybe have a little dust up. <laughs> there you go. Fast forward 40, to that point. Yeah, thirty-five, forty minutes. Giving mark. the marker, though. <laughs> yeah, giving the marker. Fast forward to that point. And just hit play, and then when you that'll get you out of any upcoming jams. So you you kind of front loaded, you know, some some goodwill here. Uh, yeah, but uh, but now good luck uh, moving forward, man. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you got a uh, you got a couple of Vandals fans right here, me and Doug for sure. Man, yes, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, guys. V's up for sure. Let's keep it. <laughs> Love it. Well, again, Coach Matt Jones, everybody. Thank you for sharing all your experiences, everything you know that you all your knowledge throughout the years. Uh, and that does it for another episode of the Rising Coaches Podcast and Member Spotlight. Again, Doug Puno and Alan Major, keep working and keep rising, coaches. Video analysis is expensive, and I'm sure your budget isn't getting much bigger. Fulcrum Tech is here to help. 
used by basketball teams at all levels from D1, D2, D3, all the way to high school. Their Angles product is similar to what you know and allows you to code, capture, and analyze with ease. All you have to do is import the raw video and synergy with just the click of a mouse. Over the past two years, over 60% of their D1 teams and conferences, such as the SEC, Pac-12, American, A-10, or even the NBC, just to name a few, have made the postseason. All this while saving thousands and thousands of dollars a year compared to their old companies. Because let's be honest, who doesn't want to save more money? All you have to do is reach out to at Fulcrum Tech on Twitter or reach out to their sales at sales at fulcrumtech.com via email and be sure to mention if you are a Rising Coaches member or the Rising Coaches podcast. Do more, spend less with Fulcrum Tech. I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in with us this episode. If you are not a member, want more content, or even be a potential member on our member spotlight to have your story heard, go visit risingcoaches.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Rising Coaches. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and review so we can continue to keep rising together.